Hello and welcome to the NicheSiteTools.com podcast where we share experiences, tips, and tools to help everyone achieve a greater level of success with their online adventures. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 95 of the NicheSiteTools.com podcast. So glad to have you here. In this week's episode, I'm not sure what it's going to be called, but I'm basically going to give a quick update on the renting or selling websites for your local area. Gotten a lot of good feedback about that type of site from the folks in the private Facebook mastermind group over at nichesitetools.com forward slash mastermind. A lot of people really interested in that idea and wanting to try it out. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. I'll give you a quick update on how things are going over there. And along those same lines, we're going to talk a little bit about keyword research. For some reason, that always seems to be the question that I get the most often is people are struggling struggling or having problems on the keyword research process. And it always surprises me because that's what I think I've spent the most time on as far as in-depth, lengthy posts. I have some videos on my exact keyword research process. I put them prominently in the popular post section on my main page in the lower right-hand corner, and I always reference them whenever I have a post about keyword research. Whenever I get that question, I send somebody a link with all of those types of information. Since all the content's already out there, maybe they didn't see it, they weren't aware of it, that's fine. You, know, you never know when people come to your website, if they listen to one podcast episode, they might not be familiar with your site. I understand all those things, but it's something that I've covered an awful lot on the show. So I'm just going to really briefly talk about it. And I'm going to talk real briefly about why that you don't even need to really know about keyword research to do sites like the ones that I was talking about on terms in your local area that you're going to be trying to target. So that's just a couple of quick things I wanted to talk about today. I'm also going to give you an update on where I've been, what's going on, and where things are going in the future as far as my house that's under construction that is going to be affecting things in the very near future. So we're going to talk all about that today, and let's just get right into where things have been and where things are going. So in the last couple of weeks, I mentioned that I was going to be on vacation one of those weeks. Two weeks ago, my wife and I met up with my twin sisters and my nieces and nephews. My mom was there, my brother-in-law's. So I have one nephew that's five, one niece that's four, and one other niece that's almost three. So we were getting to head to Disney and meet up with them for the week, check out all the parks. We had a four-day park hopper pass so we could go to all the different Disney theme parks. And that was the first time we were actually going to be going with kids, so that was very cool. It was good to see their excitement, and uh, one of the nieces has been to Disney in the last year or so, but the other two had never been. So it was really good to see them, hang out with them, go on rides with them, take the kids to see the stuff that we don't normally do. Obviously, we're not going to go on the kids' rides for the most part, but this time we did. So it was really fun, and it was a good getaway And by the end of the week, we were definitely worn out. So it was a uh, really nice vacation to see family. And then on the last day of vacation, we got our weekly call with our builder. And much to our surprise, they said they were really ahead of schedule. And most likely, they were going to be done with the house in the middle of May when we were fully expecting it to be the beginning or middle of July. So that was two months ahead of what we were thinking. 
And that was quite unexpected. So as of right now, within a couple of weeks, we're going to have our final walkthrough. And then the closing for our house is currently scheduled for Friday, May 26th, right before Memorial Day weekend, if it stands. A lot of times those closing dates get pushed and things come up and they have to move to a bit. But as of right now, it's at the end of this month, so that's definitely going to put a bit of a wrench in our podcast episodes coming up and everything else that I had planned to do in the next couple of weeks. I was supposed to be studying for a training class for work, but given everything we have to do for the move, that's going to have to be pushed out as well. So the next couple of episodes uh, may be a little bit in flux. I'm going to look at the schedule here. So this one's going to go live on Monday, May 8th. And then in two weeks, we're going to have the final walkthrough and then we're going to be closing. So it may be a couple of extra weeks before we get the next episode. We'll see if something urgent comes up or something that I can bring you really quickly on the 22nd. I will try to do that. I'll try to the best of my ability to do that, but I'm guessing that's probably not going to happen. So if you do see me disappear on the podcast episodes for a little bit, that's why we have a lot going on. Obviously, we're very excited about the move itself, but because of the two-month accelerated schedule, we really got to get moving. So that's kind of good. If we're forces us to take some action and we're starting to do some purging. Every time we move, we always try to downsize what we have a bit. So try to cut back to what we really want so that we don't have to move more than we need to. And that is what is going on here. Going to have to line up uh, new internet access and everything at the new house. So possibly the next episode may come to you live from my new man cave, which will be a bonus room upstairs. That's where I'm planning to do the podcast episodes. But I'm sure there's going to be a lot of extra stuff needed to do. So we'll see. So don't don't be afraid if you don't see me on the podcast episode. I'm still here. There will still be future episodes. And to keep in touch, and the place that I'm most active as far as social media goes is definitely the Facebook Mastermind group. So if you do want to stay in touch, have any questions along the way in the next couple of weeks or anything, or just want to reach out and network with other folks that are trying to do the same type of thing, head over to nichesitetools.com forward slash mastermind, and I will add you as quickly as I can. Unless you are a member of thousands of Facebook groups on social media and or you just created your Facebook page the day before and weird things like that. There's certain things that I've added people before in the past and I regretted it immediately after somebody would just start to spam the group and that sort of thing. So I've gotten a lot better at controlling that so it doesn't happen very often. But if I don't add you for some reason and you're a member of thousands of Facebook groups, there's really no way anybody can keep up with that. So it definitely throws a red flag that your account may be you know, designed for spam. So as long as your account passes my gut check when I go to verify the accounts and everything and approve those, you will be approved relatively quickly and that's the best place to hang out, ask questions, and get feedback from other folks. And I really enjoy the interaction with the great folks over there. So definitely check it out if you get a chance. But what I wanted to talk about really briefly was just a quick update on the idea that I've been talking about in the past two podcast episodes, which was ranking for local terms in your area. Well, not necessarily in your area. Ranking for terms in a local metropolitan area. You could rank for terms in any sort of city or any sort of metro area, even if you're not a member of that area. But that's basically what we were talking about. So for example, pool companies in Tampa, Florida, or best plumber in Austin, Texas. Those types of phrases are what we would look to rank for. And the idea came from a post that Marcus had forwarded me from Glenn Allstop over at gaps.com. 
and he had talked all about how he was doing that and ranking for those types of terms. And the interesting thing was these websites were only two-page websites to begin with. And the idea is you create a bunch of different websites or maybe one domain with a bunch of subdomains targeting these different phrases and you just throw a bunch of them out there, see which ones start to rank naturally on their own and then those you focus a little bit more on, create a little bit more content. But the point of these sites is that they're very minimal websites. Initially, all you're going to have is one main piece of content, preferably something around a thousand words, and then a contact page where somebody can reach you, and you're going to target the phrases that you're looking to target in that one piece of content. You're going to try to get a domain name that has those keyword phrases in the URL, and that's it. You're going to put a bunch of those sites out there, and really you can do so in less than an hour. It took me less than an hour to do each site that I did. I did two sites initially, and that's all I've done so far, but I was able to rank both of those sites on the first page or very close to the first page of Google for those phrases that I was targeting. And the interesting thing was, as I mentioned in the last two episodes, I hadn't even created that initial 1,000 word article yet. All I had done was put a title to the website, a description for the website when I installed WordPress, and that was it. I had removed the default posts and pages that I could find, but then I realized that the 2017 WordPress theme has a bunch of other default content that you have to go in there and delete that as well. So I hadn't even done that cleanup yet, and I was already ranking on the first page of Google within 24 hours following the steps in the last two podcast episodes. So if you're just hearing about this now, definitely check out those last two episodes. It'll give you an idea on exactly how to go about doing this type of site, and it's really easy to set up. And Glenn's idea was to create a number of different types of these websites for different search terms. So let's just say you're going to create 10 different websites. His idea would be to go out there, throw those 10 sites out there, put one piece of content, put a contact page on each, and let them sit. Definitely go out to your Webmaster Tools account, put put those websites out there, and have Google crawl those websites. I definitely credit that with allowing my site to rank within 24 hours. So definitely, again, make sure you go back, listen to those last two episodes. But once you've done that, you just let those websites sit out there and then check them a couple of times, maybe a couple of times in the first two or three weeks and see where they start to rank. And then the ones that do start to rank on their own to get near the first or second page of Google, those are the ones where you can tweak some content, add some additional phrases to your content maybe create one more additional piece of content with some of the services a company like that would want to provide to someone. And then once you are ranking on the first page of Google, you could target other businesses in your area and say, hey, I have this website that's ranking on the first page of Google, and that's where most of the traffic comes from, all the leads come from. So I could either rent out this website to you, put your contact information out here, and get additional leads to your website. You can rent it for X $200 a month, $500 a month, whatever it is you want to rent the site out to someone for, or you could offer to sell the site to that person, or you could just sell the site on a website like Flippa. Any There's any number of different things you can do once you get to the first page of Google. And the smart thing to do would be to target people on the second or third page of Google that don't have the traffic, don't have the leads. And if they're looking for more leads for their business, then that's a great way for you to get income because you've already proven out that you're able to rank a website on the first page of Google. And that's really what small businesses would look to have. So that's a great idea. And it's a great way to start out with minimal effort, minimal cost. All you really have to pay for once you have your domain hosting 
is the domain registration, which is about $10 a year. So it's really minimal effort, minimal cost. And it's you don't have to do a lot of research either. Glenn mentioned that he really doesn't do any keyword research when it comes to these because he's just creating a ton of different ones. They're really easy to put together in about an hour's time. And you just throw a bunch out there, see which ones do start to rank, and you focus some efforts on those sites to get them to rank on the first page. The ones that don't start to rank at all, just let those sit there. If you want to let them sit there for a couple months, see if they do start to rank on their own, fine. But don't put effort into the sites that aren't working. And that makes good sense. Once you can get a couple of websites that are ranking on the first page of Google, you could bring in some income or sell those sites and you can keep doing this and things can kind of snowball from there because keyword research, well, it's great if you're building a brand new authority site or you're looking to see how much traffic is out there, what your chances are to rank a website that you're going to create an authority site around. I definitely still recommend doing keyword research for those types of sites, but in this particular case, because you're going to create be creating a bunch of sites potentially, you're just going to continue to work on the sites that do start to work on their own. And even if you do do the keyword research, I've talked in the past about how I've done keyword research, and the keyword research numbers look great for a particular topic, but for whatever reason, either that domain name, the content that you put out there, something is causing that website not to perform how you expected. And that's something like that can always happen. So in this way that you're doing it, you're putting the sites out there, seeing what's going to start to rank on its own and then work on those sites. You're increasing your chances for success because you're throwing a bunch of different ideas out there and you're only spending the time on the ones that do prove themselves out on their own. So if you're stuck up, hung up on the keyword research thing and you're really having a hard time with it, this might be a great idea for you. And you can also practice your SEO skills. So you're going to get a domain name that has some of the keyword phrases you're interested in targeting. You're going to try a different bunch of different ideas, use those keywords naturally in the one article that you're going to create and experiment and see what ideas do end up working out for you. So you're not only learning along the way about SEO, you're learning how to rank a website, but you're doing so with minimal risk because you're spreading, you're basically diversifying in the different phrases that you're targeting. Not all of them are going to work, but inevitably, the more you put out there, something is going to end up taking shape. Something's going to end up ranking, and it's going to give you some confidence to create more websites, and it's just going to spiral, hopefully positively from there. So really, if you're hung up on keyword research, definitely check out the last two podcast episodes. Give this idea a try. I think it'll be a great way to get started and to get going, especially if you're brand new to the idea of creating your own websites. And for anyone that is interested in knowing about my keyword research process when I do create a new authority type of site where I'm going to focus a lot of time and effort on that site over a course of months and most likely years, something that I'm going to do is I'm going to look for a couple of search phrases, probably somewhere between three and six different phrases that together total around 3,600 local monthly searches for those related phrases. So what exactly does that mean? Let's say I'm interested in sports cars. And let's say I'm interested in specifically General Motors sports car parts. So if I was going to create a website around that and try to be an authority on performance parts for sports cars for GM cars, I would probably target phrases like best Pontiac performance parts or best Chevrolet performance parts or best Camaro car parts. And then what I would do is plug them into your keyword research tool. You could use the free Google Keyword Planner. You could use something like Market Samurai or 
long tail pro like I do. But what I'm looking for in general is that those phrases, those five or six phrases that you're going to initially target, that they have at least 3,000 to 3,600 local monthly searches for those phrases total together. So maybe one has a thousand, one has 200, one has 500. As long as all of those phrases are something that you would most likely target for your pieces of content, and as long as those phrases total 3,000 to 3,600 roughly as far as local monthly searches, that's something I would be interested in looking further on. And one thing I'm also looking for is that the cost per click numbers that you'll see in any one of those three keyword research tools that I mentioned is that there is some sort of monetary value for those phrases. So I'm typically looking around the 80 cent to over a dollar is what I like to see. Not necessarily all of them have to have that, but I would prefer that most of them have something around 80 cents or higher when it comes to the cost per click because that's telling you that some people out there are paying for ads for those search terms. So that's telling you that those search terms are something that you can monetize down the road. It doesn't have to be something you're going to do right off the bat. You're going to want to put that initial content out there, start to build your audience if you're building an authority type site. So that's something you're going to want to consider that definitely down the road, there's some monetization opportunities. On the flip side, if you're targeting phrases or terms that somebody would be coming to and expecting something for free, it's going to be a lot more difficult to monetize something. So if you're thinking of trying to find a recipe for something that you want for dinner and you want it right now, it's not something you're going to probably go to a website and buy something to figure out. You want it now. You just want a quick recipe on how to make chicken parm and then you're just going to move on. So a site strictly devoted to recipes might be something difficult to monetize unless you're really building that audience. People really love your meals and then you're going to put together like a recipe book that somebody could buy. Certainly there are ways to monetize that, but in general, people that are finding a site about recipes on a Google search most likely are going to be looking for something really quick, free, and they're not going to want a lot of hassle to get that type of recipe. So you got to be thinking ahead of time on is this something I can monetize and those cost per click numbers that you can see in those keyword research tools are key for that. So again, it was around 3,000 to 3,600 local monthly searches for four or five or six phrases that you're going to target initially. And that just tells you that there is a market out there for it. People are searching for these terms and you're going to naturally be able to build some sort of audience to start with. And then from there, you can, of course, add additional phrases and additional things you're going to target. But you want to have that key core set of people that you know are out there searching for these types of phrases. And then from there, it can get a little bit more difficult, a little bit more confusing to folks, depending on the tools that you're using. I utilize Longtail Pro, so they actually have a keyword competitiveness number that when you're searching for these phrases, you can have it calculate a keyword competitiveness number immediately. So you'll know right away whether or not you can most likely compete for those phrases. It gives you a number and usually anything under the number 30 is something you can probably easily compete with and anything like 60, 70, you know for sure that you're not going to be able to compete with those particular phrases unless you have some huge SEO budget with a big staff that you can go after some of those big folks out there. It's going to be much more difficult to compete with. So that helps me eyeball really quick 
whether or not I think I can most likely be able to compete with those particular phrases. And Market Samurai has some color-coded things on there. It doesn't have that keyword competitiveness number, but it does tell you all the backlinks that go to the URLs for the first 10 results on the first page of Google, tells you domain age, things like that. So it gives you other key metrics. And with those details, you can kind of see if a particular post on the first page of Google in the top 10 results there has 1,500 backlinks, has been out there for 10 years, and it has the keywords that you're trying to target in the URL and in the post title, most likely it's going to be difficult to compete with somebody like that initially. So those tools can definitely help that, whereas the free Google Keyword Planner isn't going to give you those same details right away. So there's a bunch of other tools out there that you could use but the ones that I've utilized consistently for the last five, six years or so has definitely been most recently Longtail Pro and then in the first couple of years, Market Samurai. And Market Samurai is becoming more popular because the cost of Longtail Pro has gone up. But the other good thing about Longtail Pro is they now have a 100% online version. So if you're interested in checking out either of those tools, you can head over to nichesitetools.com forward slash Longtail Pro or nichesitetools.com forward slash market samurai and both of those have really good discounts available through my links and I have posts on my site on the exact keyword research process that I utilize for both market samurai and Longtail pro in video format so you can look over my shoulder and see exactly how that works but the point of this segment today was not to target any particular tools I just wanted to mention the tools that I do use in case you were curious and my keyword research process is exactly that exactly what I just mentioned I look for 3,000 to 3,600 local monthly search terms. I look for phrases that have 80 cents or more in general for those phrases that I'm targeting. And then I'll plug them into my favorite tool, which is Longtail Pro. I'll look at that keyword competitiveness number, and then I can quickly eyeball whether something is below 30, which will be easy to compete with, or if it's above 30, depending on how much above 30, I'll have to really decide if that's something I really want to put forth the effort to target because it will take more effort to do. So that's pretty much it. I just wanted to talk quickly about that, give you a quick update on where things are, where things are going. Those two websites that I have with the minimal content out there ranking for local search terms are still ranking in the same locations that they were. One of them is actually one step higher on the first page of Google. So that's moved up one spot and the other one has actually moved down for the main phrases that I'm targeting for those two sites. And for one of the sites, I did go out there and clean up the 2017 WordPress theme default stuff that's out there like it has one two three anywhere street that sort of stuff as far as the location for your business that you have and other things like that so I did get rid of all of that content that what came with the theme and I created approximately a hundred to two hundred words for that initial post that I was doing for the site. So all I have is right now is one or 200 words on that main post, and then it has a contact page. So I haven't finished it completely, but I did clean that up. So I just wanted to see how that affects things, and I just did it yesterday, so it hasn't changed anything just yet. But I will definitely keep you posted on that in the future, how things go with that. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up for this week. I hope you all had a great May the 4th be with you. Had some Star Wars-themed things going on. And anyone celebrating, enjoying some Cinco de Mayo, I hope you enjoyed that as well. And we will catch you again in the next episode, which will be most likely a little bit delayed but hopefully not too, too far out and will probably be coming to you from my new man cave in the new house when we do. So thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you again in the next episode. Bye-bye now. 